ETL Echo presents Roses by Ampersand. Chapter 1. Draco Malfoy invites you to a special Valentine's Day party, by invitation only for his most trusted and valued clientele. Hermione fists the pink slip of paper between her fingers until it's crumpled into a ball. Then she tosses it on the ground and grinds it beneath her heel. It's dirty and wrinkled. She can still see some of the ink as it glitters against the light of the moon, mocking her and calling to her in equal measure. But despite her frustration, she doesn't turn to leave. She ignores the implications of what's about to happen and what she's come looking for. Instead, she stands at the steps of the Grand Manor and questions everything in her life that brought her to this moment. Music thumps heavily from inside, the muted cacophony of voices that filter from room to room and through the glass of the windows because the host was too careless to cast a silencing charm. Hermione doesn't bother knocking, nor does she expect someone to greet her at the door. She heads inside, slipping into the Valentine's Day party without notice. Her outfit for the night blends in easily enough. A deep crimson silk dress, cropped low and short to expose every bit of her skin. Heels that make the muscles in her thighs and calves flex with every step, and a velvet choker wrapped around her neck. A garden rose, thorns and all. It's a good thing Draco Malfoy hasn't ever been afraid of getting his hands bloody. As she maneuvers through the house, she takes stock. It's late enough in the evening that most have been paired off. Catching that moment in the in-between when the party melts into something less boisterous and more hedonistic. Pansy Parkinson is draped across a settee. Pale thighs exposed as she shifts beneath the frame of a familiar-looking man. One heel is teetering from her foot, and the strap of her dress slinks dangerously low down her arm. The man's hand follows it, stroking lightly, pushing it further with every kiss. Hermione blinks away, uncaring that Neville Longbottom has also found his way to a party like this one. Faceless partygoers fill the space, leaning in corners pressed against walls, some drinking, some talking, some... more. Discarded flutes sit perched on every available surface. The telltale hue of the temporary love potion serving as more than enough evidence that Malfoy knew exactly what kind of atmosphere he wanted for this particular Valentine's Day. Theo not stands in one corner, clutching a drink of his own as he speaks in low, indecipherable tones to Blazabini. Both of their eyes are sharp as they survey the room, almost like they're waiting for someone, but they're clearly unbothered by the predictable turn that the party is taking. Sabini's eyes catch her first, his dark brows lifting in amusement as he watches her, but no surprise fills his features. He nudges Theo, but the man can't be bothered. He barely spares Hermione a glance before continuing his search through the crowd. Who he's looking for, Hermione can't be sure. Nor does she care. You got my note. The familiar voice stops her in her haste to make it through the manor. Turning to her right, she finds him, leaning against the wall, one leg crossed at his ankle. He's wearing the kind of unimpressed expression that comes with a life of privilege and a deeply offensive amount of confidence. But his eyes tell a different story. They're as sharp as cut steel, and there's no mistaking the intensity that hides in their darkened depths. When she crosses her arms, they dip down to her cleavage. Unabashed, he looks as Phil before meeting her gaze again. Quite bold of you to send that to my flat, Malfoy. She's told him before that she lives with Ginny, though she doesn't suspect for a second that he'd simply forgotten. The man does nothing without motive. That is where you live, is it not? He replies, blinking once. Or was there someplace else you'd rather me send it? I'd rather you not send it at all, Hermione corrects. It's enough of a challenge that it has him standing up to his full height, lifting his body off the wall as he approaches. He's so much taller than her that Hermione finds herself stepping back. He's not deterred, and he follows her until she's close enough to touch. He trails one finger across her collarbone, and stops when he reaches the thin strap of her dress. They rarely see each other outside of these meetings, 
and it's been so long since she's last been touched that Hermione can't stop the shiver that erupts from the soft caress. Consider it a token of my appreciation, then. I'd hate for you to consider me a selfish businessman. Hermione doesn't like to think about how many other notes he sent out, or just how many other patrons he's got that would qualify for an invite to such an exclusive event. Not when her arrangement with him has been the only consistent relationship of her adult life. But it's easy, and it's good, and she refuses to give it up. You? Selfish? I could never, she replies, letting the tart annoyance she's feeling seep into her tone. It's part sarcasm, considering his penchant for getting her off, but it's still pointed enough that his mouth parts in a dry smile. Leaning down, he crowds into her space to whisper low in her ear. Come now, Hermione. Don't be cross. I've missed you. The sound of her first name has heat curling in her stomach. She latches onto it, twisting and pulling it into something sharper. Something she can use instead. I've been busy, Draco. Is that why you haven't howled? He ignores her barb and takes her by the hand, leading her through the crowd and toward the massive staircase that surrounds the room. With each step, her heart pounds a little bit harder. Arousal sits heavy between her thighs, slick against her knickers, and it's only grown since the moment she received his stupid pink note. I'm sorry, I wasn't under the impression that you cared. She's a busy woman, with a successful career and a full social life. They're approaching the landing, and she can see the door to his room when he replies, I care about all my friends. Friends. They're not friends. Friends don't fuck each other for money. Malfoy turns, dropping her hand to push his hair back. It's careless and messy, and she wants to just fist it and pull. Is that how it's going to be tonight, then? Though his question is low, she can still feel the sharpness of his voice. Alone in the landing, it seems as loud as a scream. How else would it go? She challenges instead of answering. Because if there's one thing she can't handle, it's having tender, romantic Valentine's Day sex and then having to pay for it. Malfoy licks his lips, understanding filling his aristocratic features. A perfect nose, a sharp jaw, high cheekbone. However you want it to. You forget, Hermione. I'm at your service. Stop calling me that, she snaps. The familiarity is too much for what they have. Before she can properly process what's happening, Malfoy's in motion. His hand comes out to cuff her neck, pulling her body against his as he backs them into the wall. He moves her how and where he wants, hiking a thigh between hers until the hem of her dress is so high she can feel the straps of her knickers on display. Malfoy! His name is cut off by his lips, a rough kiss effectively shutting her up the best way he knows how. Hermione can't stop the sigh that softens her muscles against his, sinking against his body and the kiss in a single breath. Every one of his kisses blindsides her. It's always been like this. He kisses her like he was made for it. The slide of his lips and the dip of his tongue an expert practice that leaves her speechless and wanting. This time, he barely gives her a moment to savor it. He waits just long enough that the thought of fighting him burns away completely beneath the heat of his touch and delves one of his hands between their bodies. His fingers push past her knickers and into her wet heat, his thumb finding her clit immediately. Malfoy laughs at the shocked sound of surprise she makes, but doesn't give her a chance to do anything except take what he wants to give. Two fingers stroke her cunt, curling forward and thrusting hard. She'd already been wet by the time they reached the landing, but now she can feel herself warming even more now that he finally has his hands on her. You want it this way, then I'll give it to you, he tells her, pulling back just enough to speak, but still so close that their lips brush. A kiss and a threat all at once. The sudden fullness of her core makes her realize just how much she's been aching, and just how much she needed this. 
It's enough that she can't bring herself to care that they're on the landing, or that anyone could come up the stairs to find them at any moment. His thumb circles with quick efficiency, and he watches her face as he fucks her with his hand. A hot flush creeps up her abdomen and spreads over her chest, and Hermione's lips part with a satisfied smile. This is exactly how she wanted it. Malfoy's mouth dips to her neck, kissing down below her ear until he reaches her choker. A frustrated groan vibrates against her chest, and she feels him tug at it with his teeth. Undeterred, he continues until he's nipping at her collarbone, tasting every freckle she left on display for him. Fuck. Malfoy curses, thrusting his hips against her thigh in time with his hand. His nose trails back up to her ear, and he softly kisses the lobe. I don't know how you smell so bloody good. It's incredible. Tightness is building at the base of her spine, but she's not ready to come yet. Like flowers, he continues. Like a whole bloody garden. Like sunshine and sugar and summer. Fuck me and I'll tell you, she barters, spreading her thighs wider against his hand. The wall is cool against her shoulder blades, and she sinks further against it in an attempt to put enough space between their bodies to unbuckle his belt and trousers. He allows her to do it for him, and once her hand is fisted around his cock, he pulls his own free from between her legs. She gives him a few slow strokes, plenty familiar with the way he likes to be touched, and aligns the head with her entrance once she feels him thrusting against her palm. You will? His eyes widen. They've been fucking now for years, ever since Pansy had dropped Malfoy's card in her lap after a particularly pathetic night out at the pubs. It's something he's always commented on, and something she's been particularly evasive about since the beginning. Once you make me come, she confirms, though there's no doubt that he wasn't already going to give it to her. He always does, whether it's with his hands or his mouth or cock. Some nights it's multiple times, and it never fails to give him the same satisfied smile that makes her want to roll her eyes. But tonight she's got something different in mind. If he thinks it's cheeky to send her the sex equivalent of a frequent flyer card, then he's in for his own surprise. Malfoy doesn't waste any time, dropping his thigh from between her legs and lowering her back down. With his hands on her hips, he spins her to face the wall, and she braces herself with her palms flat when he positions himself at her entrance, and slowly begins to push in. In her heels, she still has to stretch to the tips of her toes, but it helps when she leans forward. They couldn't even be bothered to disrobe. Her knickers are simply pushed aside and his belt still hanging from the open button of his trousers, but the familiar feel of his cock sinking into her is everything she's needed. The connection only spurs her desperation, emphasizing the risk they're taking by shagging on the landing, just out of sight from the party below. It would only have taken a few extra steps to get to the privacy of his bedroom, but that's not what she wants. She wants the danger. She wants the risk. She wants to be as far away from his bed as possible, just so it can feel like this is more than it actually is. He stills for a moment, settling himself deep inside her, before his hand comes back around her front to find her clit once more giving her exactly the kind of touch she needs. He waits until she's impatiently rocking against him before he starts to thrust. Tell me, he begs, pressing his chest against her back. His head drops down as he smells her hair, taking a deep breath that expands his lungs until it feels like he's surrounding her completely. Hermione knows she doesn't have to answer yet, so she doesn't. Instead, she focuses on the feeling of his finger stroking her clit and the sound of the party downstairs. She finds her own pace working against him, with her cheek pressed into the wall and her thighs beginning to burn. Pleasure is spiking with every pass, each touch, each thrust, until she can feel it flowing through her veins. It's sharp and undeniable, unavoidable, and it's like this every time. Picking up speed, 
Malfoy uses the hand that's not stroking between her legs to brace himself against the wall. With his palm pressed right beside hers, he hooks his thumb on her pinky. The sight of their fingers entwined has her pressing her eyes closed. But it's not too late. She feels her inner muscles begin to flutter, tightening around the press of his cock, enhancing the friction even further. He can feel it too, his hips snapping faster, harder, until she's shaking from the impending orgasm as it builds. It's... The words stick in her throat and she tries again. It's... Her voice is barely audible, broken syllables between heavy thrusts and keening moans that she desperately tries to keep quiet. Malfoy curses again, his hand moving to cover hers completely. And then she finally breaks. She comes with a final cry. Her thighs snapping closed around his hand while the rest of her body goes rigid. Stuck between his chest and the wall, there's nothing she can do but succumb to the pull. It feels like the shock of a spell, bursting across her nerves and overrunning her senses while she clenches down on his cock. She's at its, no, his mercy. And he gives and gives and gives. Malfoy doesn't relent, continuing to stroke her clit and thrust into her while he chases his own pleasure. It draws hers out, and she bites down on her lower lip to keep quiet. So hard that she can taste the sharp tang of blood. It's not until she begins to come down, her body twitching with the aftershocks that he falls apart. His groan is muffled into her shoulder the garbled sound of her name lost in the noise. It bleeds into the fade of music and the blur of voices from downstairs right alongside the pounding of her heart and the ragged breaths she's pulling in through her nose. It is everything and nothing all at once. He's still inside her when he speaks, his fingers still pressing against her clit. Though he's not moving, it's clear he's also in no hurry to pull away. So, he asks quietly, nudging her curls aside to kiss her ear. It's petal soft and barely there. She shivers again and closes her eyes. My perfume. The ghost of a smile curls at the edges of her lips, threatening to turn into a full bloom. Then she prepares herself for the stab of truth. His fingers tighten against hers and between her legs, holding her in place. He waits for her answer. It's mixed with amatentia. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this reading and would like to stay up to date for other chapters and stories from ETL Echo, you can follow us on TikTok, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts at etl.echo.audiobooks. ETL Echo, echoing tales of enemies to lovers.